Welcome to the Friday Five, a series in which we cover five stories in health and science research over the previous week that you may have missed. There are plenty of controversies and ethical issues in science, and we get into many of them in our online magazine, but there are also lots of stories to be excited about. And this news roundup is focused on scientific work to give you a therapeutic dose of inspiration headed into the weekend. First up in the Friday Five, a team of scientists in the UK may have figured out a long-standing mystery, why air pollution causes lung cancer in some people but not others. For years, researchers have known that getting exposed to lots of car fumes or cigarette smoke can cause DNA mutations that can turn into cancer. But these mutations can build up in a person without cancer ever becoming an issue. Why is that? Well, the researchers at Francis Crick Institute and University College of London looked at health records of hundreds of thousands of people to learn that continuous bad air led to two types of gene mutations that occur with lung cancer. Then they looked at people who were able to limit their pollution almost entirely, perhaps wearing gas masks 24-7 in an alpine forest their entire lives, and a whopping 18% of these pristine humans had the exact same mutations, but no cancer. The UK scientists were able to figure out the difference. The body views pollution as a constant injury and responds with a steady dose of the dreaded I-word, inflammation. And mutations plus inflammation have a nasty habit of equaling lung cancer. Through experiments with mice, the researchers were able to prevent cancer by blocking inflammation with an antibody called interleukin-1-beta. They believe this antibody could, one day, be the basis of a pill that people take to prevent cancer, even if they live in highly polluted areas. In the Friday Five, I like to think I cover research on a number of cutting-edge technologies. This is not one of those stories. No, this next study involves something your grandmother may have waxed poetic about, the neti pot. Researchers from Augusta University in Georgia published a study on Tuesday that suggests neti pots, as unglamorous as they certainly are, could be an important tool in fighting COVID. The team asked a group of older people with obesity and other pre-existing conditions who just caught COVID to wash their noses with salt water using the neti pots twice per day. This group was 8.5 times less likely to be hospitalized compared to a control group that didn't use neti pots. 23 of 29 people who really got into their neti pots had just one or zero COVID symptoms. It makes sense that this could work. The more virus in your body, the worse you're going to do. If you can keep COVID from getting a nose ahead, it's less likely to make it down to your lungs where it'll wreak havoc. Plus, while some pharmaceuticals chase profits by developing drugs to block the virus from grabbing onto our ACE2 receptors, good old-fashioned saline with neti pots may have a similar effect. Neti pots have been a mainstay in eastern parts of the world for a thousand years, and that might help explain lower death rates from COVID in Thailand and nearby countries. As physician Amy Baxter, lead author of the study, put it, the solution to viral pollution could be dilution. And there's a fascinating study in Nature Metabolism this week that shows how important it is to practice medicine on the individual level. Somehow we treat all people with obesity pretty much the same, even though there are over 600 million of them. Scientists at Van Andel Institute in Michigan wanted to get more precise and found that there are at least two main groups of people with obesity, and you'll have different health problems depending on which group you fall into. Instead of just comparing people's height to their weight, the research team found that one type of obesity involves more fat, while the other involves lean muscle in addition to the fat. And the type with more muscle actually tends to have more inflammation, higher insulin levels, and more risk of getting certain diseases. These scientists found these two types of obesity in adults, kids, and mice. 
Now, before you throw away your barbells, the people in the study probably had their muscle naturally, not by going to the gym, and no one's disputing the importance of exercise. Instead, these two types of obesity exist because the genes of people in the two groups get expressed differently for reasons no one understands. The Van Andel scientists found this difference in expression even in 150 human twin pairs, who of course had the same genes. Some of them wind up in the greater fat group and others end up in the fat plus muscle group. Epigenetics, where some genes get flipped on and off before you're born and as you age, also explain why some twins have different eye color. The researchers think the two types of obesity found in their study can be used to monitor and prevent differing risks for these groups, and they point to epigenetics in general as an important area to focus on for developing precision medicine. Next up in the Friday Five, a research team out of Yale and Harvard has proposed a part of the solution to climate change. Given the Ivy League credentials, maybe you'd assume it involves reversing the spin of the Earth to travel back in time before the Industrial Age. It actually involves something that's almost as grand. They want to create darker clouds that would block the sun at the North and South Poles. Doing this would throw more shade, cool the poles by 3.6 degrees, and refreeze the ice caps. That sounds ambitious, but the scientists say in a paper published yesterday that it would be relatively easy and cheap. A fleet of 125 jets would be required to spray aerosols into the atmosphere at specific heights, and they would do this in spring and the early parts of summer. Now, when the scientists say it would be cheap, they mean it would cost $11 billion per year, but that's a pretty small fraction of the cost of other proposed solutions like carbon capture. Currently, the poles are warming much faster than the rest of the planet, which is leading to record-breaking hot spells. As the ice falls into the oceans at the poles, the levels of the sea will rise dramatically around the world, causing massive flooding. The aerosols are made of sulfur dioxide that poses the risks of some awful side effects like vomiting and corroding the lungs to the 1% of humanity that lives at the poles. But the researchers note that the other 99% of humanity would benefit tremendously and that policymakers should consider or at least be mindful of these trade-offs. Last up in the Friday Five, studies seem to go back and forth on whether to take multivitamins, but researchers at Wake Forest published a study this week that suggests you should keep popping them every morning. The researchers followed over 2,200 older people taking both a multivitamin and cocoa extract while giving them phone calls every year testing their ability to remember stories, lists of words and numbers, and other aspects of cognition. After three years, they found the cocoa had no effect, even though previous studies have suggested cocoa has important benefits. But the people in this study who took multivitamins saw improvements in their memory and executive function. In fact, the findings suggest that taking multivitamins over three years could enable you to slow down the rate of cognitive aging by almost two years. The brand of multivitamin was Centrum Silver, and the biggest boost in the cognition tests was for people who had a history of heart disease. The Alzheimer's Association responded to the study to say that they're encouraged by the results, but they want to see larger studies in more diverse populations before they'll recommend widespread use of multivitamins. The Wake Forest team also pointed out that they had to take people's word about whether they were actually taking the supplements or not. And this is the first time a large long-term study has found that multivitamins can improve cognitive functions, the researchers said, and more studies are needed. As always, you can find links to each study I've discussed this week in the show notes. And please check out the leaps.org magazine online, where you can learn about the latest and most important challenges and developments in science, such as this week, a story on the use of hyperbaric oxygen therapy to help with long COVID. Overall, the leaps.org platform looks at trends and innovations through the lens of rational optimism. 
You can find out what to be concerned about, but we also tell you which scientific breakthroughs are giving reason for excitement. Thanks for listening to the Friday Five, and have a great weekend.